What's going on, Three Count Podcast? I'm Isaac. I'm Nick. Wow, what you gotta, you guys have to understand. If we're coming at you with the second episode, and we actually didn't record it far in advance, some yeah. shit went down. Oh my gosh! And as of this morning, Eric Bischoff and Paul E. Heyman mm. will now both be running. SmackDown and Monday Night Raw. I don't know how to feel about that. <clears throat> um, Sports Illustrated confer- uh, wrote an article earlier this morning stating that Eric Bischoff will be running SmackDown. Uh, Paul Heyman will be the head director of Monday Night Raw. I'm going to go ahead and uh, read the official statement from WWE. Denver, mm-hmm. Connecticut, June 27, 2019. Uh, WWE today announced that it has named Paul Heyman as executive director of Monday Night Raw and Eric Bischoff as executive director of SmackDown Live. Newly created positions reporting directly to WWE Chairman and CEO Vince McMahon. In their executive roles, Heyman and Bischoff will oversee the creative development of WWE's flagship programming and ensure integration across all platforms and lines of business. The creation of these roles further establishes WWE's ability to continuously uh, reinvent its global brand while providing two distinct creative processes for its flagship shows. With more than 30 years' experience in the sports entertainment industry, Heyman served as president of ECW from 1993 to 2001, securing pay-per-view distribution for the company as well as a national cable television deal with TNN. After his time with ECW, Heyman joined WWE's creative team and is widely credited with helping launch the career of many current and former WWE superstars. Bischoff is former WCW president and New York Times best-selling author. During his WCW career, Bischoff oversaw the signing of some of the biggest names in sports entertainment and helped create and develop the NWO storyline. He was also instrumental in securing a te- television deal for WCW uh, Monday Nitro on TNT and WCW Thunder on TBS. After WCW, Bischoff co-founded Bischoff uh, Herbie Entertainment, a production company that launched TV reality shows and mobile games. I I don't know, man. <sighs> You've had all day to ponder, sir. I I, I did. I okay, all day. <clears throat> I kept saying, "Wow." Um. Mostly because that's hella out of left field, right? Yep. That came out of nowhere. And the two people, if they were going to create this position without these two in mind, the two people that would come in mind are these two. Fair to say. Oh, absolutely. But I'm thinking, what the hell is their role? Because at the end of the day, they're still going to have to go to Vince McMahon. So what is their role? What do they actually do? Well, they will be both running the the show, the nightly show. They will be the one in Gorilla. Uh, Vince is no longer going to be on the road 24-7. He is going to be focusing on XFL, XFL. And the way that I see it, I'm excited because Paul Heyman knows what it's like to work under Vince. So does uh, Eric Bischoff. 
Mm-hmm. Paul Heyman wouldn't have taken this job if he knew he wasn't going to have full creative control on Monday Night Raw. Fair. Uh, and I don't think Eric Bischoff would have either. No, absolutely not. I mean, unless they were going to be calling the shots. And Vince is basically going to be giving them the final go-ahead and this and that. Uh, and so it's just absolutely something that I did not expect to happen was Vince taking a full step back and letting them, uh, letting someone else essentially uh, make creative decisions. Yeah, but then the only thing, the if it was me, I probably would have put um, Paul Heyman on SmackDown. And I think the the main reason why he's going to be on doing Raw is because he's you know with Brock Lesnar that whole thing, but. I don't know. It, it, I agree, and I think that this is going to be a great step forward for everybody. And I think that we're going to see some real like changes. But how much of a change are we going to see? And what is actually going? Because <clears throat> the one idea that I actually liked, because fuck this wild card rule, was when they introduced the third hour was going to be darker. I feel like with Paul Heyman, I think he would do something with that instead of throwing that away. Um, And I like that. But actually, I really don't have many complaints at all about this because I think that it's a good idea for the company. And I think that it's good for Vince. I think it's good for business. I think think, uh, Triple H probably is kind of like looking at himself like, for real? I don't know. It's it's just so much. It's so much information. And you know what I'm saying? Right, it's it's a, it's big information, but not a lot of detail. Um, yeah. The way I see it, it's bec- the reason why Bischoff went to SmackDown is because it's a new deal with Fox. They want to make sure that they're sending someone who's absolutely utmost professional and knows how to talk executive talk like Bischoff does. The dude's a sweet talker. He's great yeah. at it. Yeah, but um, then um, I also read that um, some people were saying this isn't uh, legit. This is just... Um, uh, a source had been come out and said that Fox would have preferred if Paul Heyman would have ran SmackDown. And I agree. But I also agree with your sentiment as well. Eric Bischoff like knows how to speak business. But Paul Heyman also knows how to sell. Yes. And I think that he would have been able to sell so much more to the Fox executives. Um, Eric Bischoff to them is kind of like, who are you? Like, uh- we know who you are, but who are you for this for us, like we're looking for this, Paul. Paul Heyman is who we know, and they're gonna find out right away that Bischoff is a great mind. And a lot of people have been shitting on Bischoff, saying the only thing he did was create the NWO storyline. Nah. But yeah. come on, man, the dude wooed Hulk Hogan. He signed all these guys. Um, he <coughs> fucking beat. He was beating WWE. Yeah. Uh, say what you want about the man. He had a vision for uh for wrestling. Um, towards the end, that essentially became what TNA was. Um, he was going to start focusing on younger guys, um, no longer the big stars. He knew at the end that they needed to create their own stars, but it was far too late. Um, he's a smart dude. He knows how to get the job done. Uh, so I'm curious to see how it's going to go down with him. Uh, Paul Heyman is going to be able to push the envelope being on cable TV with USA. So we should be good with that. Um, they can get a little edgier than they could on Fox. So... I'm pretty sure that's another reason why um, Paul is more more than happy to be leading the uh, the red brand. 
I, I feel that I feel that too. And um, apparently, they had been trying to put Heyman in this position as far back as February. Yeah, and uh, he he was in a he was kept re- uh, declining the offer. Um, if you watch the Alexa Bliss three sixty five. He's been working hand in hand with Alexa Bliss. Um, the moment of Bliss has been all him. He's worked hand in hand with Ronda Rousey and her promos. So a lot of the good shit over the last year and a half has been because of Paul Heyman. And I, I'm I'm reading now that um, apparently these new roles are going to be similar to Triple H to his role in NXT. Great. And if that's the case, cool. Now I'm I'm a little more on board with it and not so hesitant. Oh, I think I, my, I think my hesitation more comes from like it being so left field that it kind of feels as though like it's another one of those I'm going to throw shit against the wall and see what sticks kind of moments. Um, and this is more desperation, and this is not desperation because of AEW. This is desperation because of the weak ticket sales. I mean, um, I know I wasn't. Um, I didn't get to do the show with you yesterday, but I hope we shared the same sentiment that Stomping Ground was really good. Oh, I really enjoyed Stomping Ground, yeah. Yeah, and um, the thing that sucked is seeing that nobody saw it. That sucked. 10,000 streams. That's, That's nothing. In this day and age, that's nothing. No, that's terrible. And so it's it's just kind of like, damn, what are we gonna? What do they need to do? And it felt like this is one of those last ditch. Okay, fine, they want me gone. I'll take a step back, but I'm not gonna leave. Let's see what this happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you think you can do better? Well, here you go. Kind of moment. That's how it felt when I got the news, rather than it feeling like this was planned. Right. You know. So I'm a little bit more excited about it. Um, and I really think that this is going to be like a different step. Now I want to see how the culture is going to be backstage. There's going to be some excitement. I mean, a lot of people that wanted to leave um, probably don't anymore. Um, they definitely are going to want to work with uh, Paul Heyman. Uh, he is a wrestler guy. Um, so I'm curious to see uh, people's reactions. It seemed like EC3 was excited. Uh, Seth Rollins was definitely excited. There's a lot to be excited about. Um, and, and people are saying, oh, Triple H might be pissed off. No, dude, he's focused on NXT. That is his baby right there. Yeah, like I feel that. And I, I really felt like it was... Um, I, I, I felt in a sense that it would be kind of like a slap in the face. But then it, it feels more like he's good where he's at right now. Like building this, building NXT, building the next. Like I feel like this is what he is really happy with. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's not a slight that I just feel like he's really happy with NXT and what he's doing with it. Right. But I also feel like this is that's his opportunity to show events. Hey, look what I can do. Look and, what I did. Yeah, and so here's my a lot of people online are saying, oh, look at that. They're going to go get people back from the Attitude Era. You're the same fucking people who are, um, who are always blowing <laughs> the Attitude Era. And they go and bring back two of the fucking uh, the three geniuses that made the attitude era what it was. Yes. And it's just ridiculous. Like, no, nothing that nothing WWE does is going to make you happy. 
True that. And people just want to be pissed off. That's what's wrong with today's culture. People want to be offended. They want to hate on shit. And when something good happens, they're never going to get give just due. Um, my question is, who's calling Road Dog first? <sighs> Bish. Yeah, I, I had no idea. They're going to be bringing in their own guys. A lot of things backstage are going to be changing. Um, Tommy Dreamer is going to be getting a phone call if he's not already linked up with the deal somewhere. Um, dude, it's 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 some good times for, for WWE um, after this little dark period they had. Um, and I'm very curious to see what they're going to do with the brand split. I'm pretty sure uh, Eric Bischoff actually spoke with uh, Inside the Rope. Um, to discuss it, I'm going to go ahead and play his clip here. First of all, this is the third attempt at a major promotion brand ex- extension. The first one was mine. It, it, went, it was kind of short-lived, and it really wasn't a pretty sight. Thunder... It, it, you know, the whole idea was to create a show for the NWO, which is why we grew NWO as much as we did and as quickly as we did, because we knew we couldn't keep all of the talent on one show without diluting the product itself. So the idea was to build up NWO so that you know, WC, or NWO would have Nitro or WCW would have Nitro. I don't remember which one it was anymore. And then one of the, the NWO would be on Thursday. That was the whole reason. That's why we did the NWO exclusive pay-per-view called Sold Out. (laughs) But, so that was my attempt. And then the second attempt was the WWE's attempt, which I was a part of. And my attempt failed for a number of reasons. I think the WWE's attempt, well, it's hard to classify it as a failure, but it certainly didn't reach their expectations or anybody else's, and I was a part of that. But I was kind of a bystander. I was a talent. I didn't have anything to do with it internally. But I think after going through my own experience and then having been a part of the WWE's experience, the advice that I have would be to be as disciplined as you can possibly be at keeping the brands distinct. If you don't make them feel completely different, it won't work. And part of that is creating stakes. Part of that is it's gotta feel real. It's gotta be believable or nobody's gonna buy into it. But don't let the talent start transitioning back and forth because you dilute the concept. They won't feel like two brands. They'll just feel like two different shows, which is what they already feel like. Because the WWE does such a great job of producing such a phenomenal show, it doesn't feel, it's almost too perfect. There's no grit. It it needs to feel a little gritty. At least one of them. They don't both have to feel gritty, but one of them has to feel a little edgy, a little dangerous, like something's gonna happen that you wouldn't expect on one show because it's a little less sophisticated. That's the magic. And if they both start feeling very well-produced, almost glossy in their presentation, and the talent is jumping back and forth, I won't give it six months. You, you won't even be, you won't hear the term brand extension six months from now. It'll, it'll suffer the same fate that it suffered the last time they tried it, because that's what happened the last time they tried it. Uh, thank you to Inside the Rope for that video.
Um, that's been great. Let's see here. I I agree with him 100%. And we've, we've talked about it, that there's mm-hmm. been some grittiness, some something that's been missing, some rawness that we thought we were going to get with the Raw 3-hour, 3rd hour, that we just mm-hmm. didn't get that Vince, that, uh, excuse me, Mick Foley had talked about originally. Yeah. And I think that when, when, when it was first announced all those years ago that we were going to get a third hour, right? Um, we got excited because of the prospect of seeing new talent and also great matches that, that would have more time to breathe, you know? And we definitely did get matches that were, that had some time, but we didn't get a lot of new talent. We didn't miss, or we didn't get like that, I hate to say it, but that ruthless aggression from a lot of people backstage who were complaining about not getting that time. And now that they do have that time, it's like they're either not showing up, you know what I mean? Right. Or they're not, or um, the company just loses faith. And I think the, the, the terrible thing, EC3 is the best example that we see, that we actually see who has talent, who has the look, who has charisma. But because of the company's mishandling of a situation, and I thought about this in the shower. Um, you didn't need that detail, but still. Uh, um, the company's mishandling of the situation and their misreading the room that led to EC3's demise, and it's completely not his fault or fair to him. And I see that with a lot more superstars now. I'm really opening my eyes to seeing like situational things that happened that's out of the WWE's control that they're firmly placing on the talent. And it's like, yo, that's not even their fault. You kind of made the situation happen. Like the thing that I hated the most about Stomping Ground was having Daniel Bryan wrestle. That was a dumb idea, especially going against your good guys that you're trying to build as baby faces, getting right. out the fucking building. If they receive any type of backlash from that, that should not be on them. It should firmly be at the establishment who said, this is a good idea. Like, I... I I don't know. I just feel like we're at a we're at a weird cross. And I think that now that now that I'm thinking about it, I think that it is going to be a good thing for the company that these two are going to be taking over. Right. And I feel like it's more they're going to be old school about it. And it's like, OK, show me what you got. Show me what you can do. And this is your moment to shine. Like here's I a think microphone that, and here's your opportunity. Don't fuck it up, kid. Exactly. Dana Brooke took. I mean, she needs some help on the mic a little bit, but when she got that moment, she didn't waste it. Yeah. So I think now it's going to be a very interesting time. But now, now it should be. I wonder if we're going to see it as quickly as possible. Um, they said that it's going to happen immediately. They don't know exactly when. It could be as soon as Monday, um, as far as we're concerned, as far as we know. Um, mm-hmm. So it's going to be happening soon. Soonish. Hopefully. Um, I think we're going to see, like, real result of it at Extreme Rules. Uh, I just, just, I'm just ready. I'm, I'm ready. ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. 
uh, man, it makes you really think. Yep. All the possibilities that could happen. Buckle like, up, what if ladies 24 and gentlemen. 7? Huh? Buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, what if the 24-7 belt becomes more hardcore? Woo! Uh, I'm pretty sure it will. Yeah, what if the, the tag team division actually gets a tag team division? <laughs> <laughs> possibilities are endless. There's so much. Um, is there anything else? Cardi B's music video is ridiculous. It has nothing to do with wrestling, but damn. I'm excited, man. I'm excited for this. I'm kind of happy. Sometimes, as a leader, you got to know when to let someone else take over the reins. How hard do you think it is for him, for Vince? I think he realized when uh, his stock slipped from $97 a share to $77 that... uh, the, the board members weren't quite too happy. And okay, were... now here's a real question for yeah. you. Yep. Do you think he did this on his own, or was this pressure? Um, the way his shit set up is the fact that uh, he has all say. No one on the board can vote him out. Nothing can be done. Uh, the one thing that I do think was advertisers threatening to, uh, to not pay as much. Mm-hmm. And that right there was like, I got to do something. And um, let me go ahead and do this while I focus on the XFL. And did you notice that whole, the, the like, the quote-unquote gay scene between Mandy and uh, Sonya? Yeah. Yeah. And that they're cutting it and editing that out. Oh, did they? Yeah. Saying that because it's controversial and it could upset some people. Nah. Get over it. Dude, I thought that was insane because of the progression, because of Balor Club is for everyone, because of this. Like, yeah, you might make someone uncomfortable if there's like a a little, eh, you know, but get over it. I think people are upset that they're going to try to make the whole uh, make it like a joke and that WWE wasn't going to treat it correctly. I think so. That that is totally fair. But I also think that it would have been a step in another step in the right direction because you don't have to make the focus of something like like telling that story like oh they're gay blah blah blah. But it is progressive because you can be gay without having to show you're gay. You know what I mean? Right. And making it like a a light making light of it, but letting it be known. But then also you have a whole bunch of sponsors that have like gay infomercials or gay uh, gay commercials, gay couples, and all of that. So why is that a big deal? I immediately thought Saudi Arabia. Mm. Well, they're both women, so they don't care. So you know they don't. And you know Sonya Deville's girlfriend is actually really hot. So ridiculously hot. Good for her. Good for her. Um, that's all we got. That's it. That, we'll that was the big shit. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> look at that. Uh, we'll see y'all ne- uh, next Wednesday with our breakdown of whatever happens, and hopefully it's some good shit. Hopefully. All right. We'll catch y'all later. All right. Peace. It's a new day. Yes, it is. <laughs>